Here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. There will be no loyalty except loyalty to the party. They're so threatened by the idea that a conservative speaker might be persuasive and interesting and funny. One man's vulgarity is another man's lyric. And I would say one person's offensive speech is somebody else's challenging the status quo, rocking the boat speech. Are you looking for a podcast that contains verbal safe spaces and is free from trigger warnings? If so, you've come to the wrong place. Because we expect our conversations to be filled with rigorous debate, discussion, and even disagreement. Welcome to the Socially Sensitive Podcast. All right, is everybody still here? Like, let's say the, the person that decided, oh, my, my son, he was riding his bicycle without a bicycle helmet on it, and he had a crash, and he, he, he crushed his skull when he hit the pavement. And so now I want a law saying everybody has to wear a helmet. He don't have that hat, but he got the helmet. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And it starts off and it starts off as little bitty things. But is that a bad thing? Is that a bad thing that somebody learned from their their mistake and they want to uh, I mean, I do because I, I believe in personal freedoms. But do you think all right, take take the helmet thing as an example then. Because to me, I think a motorcycle helmet law should be um, not required. I think it's you as well, not an necessarily, adult. Not necessarily even a motorcycle, but just a regular bicycle. Well, I'm, I'm, that's why I was going to take it to that next step. Do you think, because you obviously think a child isn't old enough to make their own decisions personally yet. Um, because they're a minor. I mean, I, I, know, I know that when I was a kid, I rode my bicycle everywhere. Right. I mean, it's, let's see, so junior high. Okay, so at 12, 13 years old, I would get on my bicycle on a Friday afternoon after school or a Saturday morning, and I would ride all the way downtown to the comic book store. And my dad, he never didn't want me to do that, but I would go and do it anyway. And there were times that I would call my mother, who, as you knew, worked down in Cedar Creek, and I'd be like, hey, I want some hot dogs. you mind if I come out again? Will, is your dad there? No, I figured I'd just ride my bicycle. Well, I don't know if I want you doing that. And the next thing you know, I'd be walking in the front door of the store. And she's like, how did you get here so quick? I'm like, well, I took back roads. And I yeah. shot through a couple of people's yards here and there. But I was able to do it, you know. And she, granted, she, did, she preferred that I didn't, but I did anyway. And I got there safely. Right. But some kids didn't. Some kids are going to. It's like a motor, wearing a motorcycle helmet is probably going to save lives. But I think you as an adult have that right to make the decision and take that risk if you want. Well, sure you do. I think you do. But as a child, does a child have that right to take those risks? Or does the parent have the right to allow their child to take those risks? And at what point does it cross the line that we know, okay, it's kind of like seatbelt laws or car seat laws. Um, I don't think seatbelt laws should be right for an adult, but I think car seat laws should be required for children mm-hmm. because you're making the decision for somebody else who doesn't have the ability to make their own informed decision. Right. So I think then that's when the state 
should step in and protect this person. But you as an adult, yes. I don't think I should see, have to wear a seatbelt. I see where you, and, and, I, and I do kind of agree to, to that. So when does I it cross the line? From? I don't know. Well, all I know is, is that over the last several, several, several years, and we're looking at decades, you're looking at what I would call death by a thousand cuts right. in that they've passed all these little bitty laws right. about how to control your life that shouldn't be in place to begin with. Right. You know, because they're stupid. Right. Which like, to me, there's like all those little, like all those little signs that you see on things like, uh, like after the, the, the McDonald's hot coffee. Right. Sign up saying, hey. be careful. If you, uh, well, actually it's coffee and coffee's meant to be hot. Right. Unless of course it's a frappuccino, but that's not the point. Right. The point is, is coffee's hot. You should know coffee's hot and you shouldn't have to be told coffee's hot. You shouldn't have to be told, hey, be careful, our coffee's hot, because coffee is hot. hot. Right. And you should know that as an adult. You shouldn't have to have a sign out there right. saying, uh, you, know, and you, you know, you shouldn't have to have a sign out there saying, don't drink the antifreeze, because it's antifreeze, and it's bad. It's chemicals. It's disgusting. It'll kill you. And But, you know, some dumb butt has went out and decided, oh, we'll take a swig of this, and they died. And so now you got to put a warning on the label saying, do not consume this product. Right. <laughs> it will kill you. But but that's most of that stuff isn't there to protect the consumer. It's to protect the company from lawsuits <laughs> from the consumer. They don't care well, about the safety of the consumer. Well, to an extent, I think you're true. That is true. But I think also to a certain extent that the, they, they really don't want bad things to happen to their customers because they want their customers to come back and spend more money with them. Uh, and yeah, if they drink, yeah, the, but they'll sell and you they alcohol and die, huh? But they'll sell you alcohol I'm when, sure they will. or they'll sell you cigarettes, which it guarantees mm-hmm. the same thing? it's taking dollars off your life spending. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're you're cutting down on your uh, your spending with them eventually. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, okay. And I know this is kind of a, we're, I'm changing subjects. I'm of the opinion of anything that you light on fire and then suck the smoke into your yeah. lungs is going to cause cancer, whether it's a cigarette, a cigar, or a, a joint. I'm of the opinion That's, if you put anything in your body, it's going to cause cancer. <laughs> yeah. I see. You're even more cynical than I am now on that one. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Because I mean, that, Oh, red meat causes cancer. Oh, chicken causes cancer. It all causes cancer. I watched the this video. Guy was eating, this guy was eating carrots exclusively for 20 years and ended up with cancer. If they were grown in this country, probably. <laughs> I watched a video today of a girl. She was talking about she had just come back from Italy. She, she had been in Italy mm-hmm. for three weeks. And she uh-huh. said, I ate so much food. She said, I was eating sauces and pastas and all this food. She was like, I was just felt like I was gorging myself every day. She said, I knew I was going to come home. And she was a fairly small girl, probably 120 pounds. Uh-huh. She's like, I knew right. I was just going to come home and I probably would have gained 10 or 15 pounds. <clears throat> and she's like, and, and then get home and I weigh. And she's like, I lost like nine pounds <laughs> after eating all that food. She said, and then I went back to here, eating my regular healthy, healthy foods here. Mm-hmm. She said, I was a week into it and gained all of that back plus four more pounds. 
That's insane. And she was thinking at the time, I'm eating all these carbs over there. I'm going to gain all this mm-hmm. weight. I mean, but it's just different processes, different processed foods, I guess. Yeah. Well, and also here's the thing too, while she was on vacation, she may have not been monitoring her caloric intake as much as when she got back home. That could be. And because you know, as well as I do, that if you don't take in enough calories, your body thinks you're in starvation mode yeah. and holds on to everything. But once she got to the point where she was bringing in enough calories, the body's like, oh, hey, hey, the the, the long, dark night is over and we've got um, plenty of food. And so then it started letting go of all these little stores of fat that it had around the body. Yeah. That it that it had squirreled away for when, you know, well, when things get rough, you know, we're going to need this. And that's the way the body works. And then she's over there. She's on vacation. She's like, I'm just going to enjoy myself and just <laughs> whatever the heck I want. And she did. And she was, she got to the, she got to that point where she, she was, you know, she was getting just enough calories or maybe even a little bit more calories than what she actually needed. And the body was letting loose of a lot of this stuff and just was like, okay, we don't need this. Yeah. Just go ahead. We can just go ahead and just flush it right we'll straight on out. pass it right go. through. Go in one end, out the other, and uh, we don't even have to process mm-hmm. it in the middle. Yeah, well, process it as little as possible. But, you know, that's, that's probably what happened. A lot of what happened with it's her. It's so cool. Yeah, how- and then she gets back here and she tries to get back on the, gets back on the regiment of, you know, Oh, I'm going to eat this. I'm going to try to eat good and stuff like that. And she gets herself and it slowly goes back into that starvation mode. And the body's like, oh, we got to start holding on to this stuff again because she's went crazy. <laughs> that could be some of it, which I wouldn't mind going and doing three weeks in Italy myself. I think it'd be fun. Here's another video of Savannah Guthrie. She was uh, but the Delta variant. Is- she's interviewing the director of the CDC. But the Delta variant, as you well know, is that even for vaccinated people, we now know you can get a breakthrough infection and you could be spreading it even if you don't feel sick and you have no symptoms, which is one reason we've had this explosive growth in COVID cases this summer. So so here's my question. Is there hope or better yet data that getting this third booster shot could actually prevent transmission? So there's actually hope. We don't have data yet. We do know that the higher levels of protection, certainly in the alpha variant, um, resulted in... There is hope, but we don't have data yet. So where is their hope coming from? Well, hope springs eternal. (laughs) You don't have to have data to have hope. You you can have hope all you want. We have something better than... You have... Have absolutely no data to back it up at all, but we got hope. Well, in what sense is our society male-dominated? Uh, the fact that the vast majority of wealth is owned by men, the vast majority of capital and um, is owned by men. Women do more unpaid it's a labor. Very, very tiny proportion of men, and a huge proportion of people who are seriously disaffected are men. Most people in prison are men. Most people who are. Uh, on the street are men. Most victims of violent crime are men. Most people who commit suicide are men. Uh, most men, most people who die in wars are men. People who do worse in school are men. It's like, where's the dominance here precisely? What you're doing is you're taking a tiny substrata of hyper-successful men and using that to represent the entire structure of, the, of Western society. That man is incredibly smart. Yeah. Yeah, I, I watched uh, uh, that. Yeah, I love to listen to with, him talk. With, oh, that oh, girl. Oh, gosh. 
Yeah. Because, I mean, he shut her down every chance. He, oh, I mean, yeah. it was just like she'd say something and he'd just be like, bam, he'd be on it like, you know. And I'm like, dude, you are so freaking smart. It's ridiculous. All right, here here's one where I was talking about the, you know, some people are so far gone on the left that there's no hope. It's not even worth arguing with. Here's one of those mm-hmm. people. I'm losing hope. He's like a city council guy or something. They there is it's a Zoom call that they're talking on. Can we agree? Here we go. I'm losing housekeepers left and right because, listen, every time the service sends a housekeeper to my house and they test positive for coronavirus, I can't have them work around my kids. I have two trans kids in my house, both on puberty blockers, and you realize they are vulnerable. They're immunocompromised. We need more people vaccinated. I voted for Joe Biden, so I'm happy that we're getting more migration to Dallas, but until we mandate these vaccines, we're going to continue to get people sick. We have to get creative. In New York, they're giving $100 plus a free hamburger. Here in Dallas, maybe in the urban centers, we give free KFC. We give uh, free tacos in the Latin markets because the Latin markets, I'm telling you, I've had multiple housekeepers die from the Delta variant. And that is so hard on my children, Deca and Dalek's, because what, what a nine-year-old, when they lose their favorite housekeeper and they lose that pupusa recipe, when the service sends the next worker, uh, that housekeeper doesn't make the same recipe. So my kids are going through a, a, just a total turmoil. So we have I'm losing house. She thinks. <laughs> Number one, I would be interested to know how old his kids are. He said, uh, I think and, he said nine and, and ten. He's got them on what? I think he so said he's, nine he's and ten. He's making them transition to the opposite sex. Yeah. He's making them trans. He says they're trans. Yeah. So he's making them transfer to over to if they're male to female and if they're female to be a man. Right. Yeah. I don't think he says. So, Number one. So, number one, he, he should have those children taken away from him to right. begin with, because that is just that's child abuse. He kind of touched on everything then, in that. That. Yeah. The uh, in the urban areas, we should be giving away free KFC in the Latin areas. We should be giving away tacos. <laughs> exactly. Um, and his, he's right not worried about just, his housekeepers dying. He's worried about the kids not getting their favorite recipes because the housekeeper died and the new housekeepers don't have the same recipes. Not, yeah, but I mean, the, the taco and the KFC, that is, <laughs> that is so patently racist. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, hey, we'll give, we'll give white people KFC <laughs> and we'll give these Mexican guys over here, we'll give them tacos and cervezas. Yeah. They get to that. <laughs> really? I can go for a good uh, taco like you said, right now. That would be a good idea. And then, like you said, the whole thing with the, you know, it's not that he really cares about the, the, the housekeepers died. It's just the fact that, oh, but, <laughs> you know, the next housekeeper may not know how to make, you know, a, a good burrito like my son or my daughter likes. Just, I, I'm listening to this and what's going through my head? First world problems. Yeah. <laughs> like, you just, people like, you're just, you Take the cake. You're so stupid. People are not doing anything except earning a living, maybe reproducing and dying one day. (laughs) Nothing more. (laughs) They may believe they're doing many things, but this is all they're doing. Eating, sleeping, reproducing, dying one day. That is such a big fuss. Every other creature is able to do 
this from an earthworm to an insect to anything and anything. Everybody is doing this, they all earn their own living, they eat, they sleep, they reproduce and they die. With one millionth of our brain, they're able to do it. With this big brain, human beings are struggling, not with the things that they're doing, they're struggling with the brain itself. Their own intelligence has become a serious problem. People are not doing anything. You know, and that is most people. They don't do anything but eat and sleep, reproduce and die. That's what most people accomplish in their life. And all the rest of the stuff in between is just noise. And then they complain because Jeff Bezos built something because he has too much money. Mm -hmm. Or Elon built yeah. something and has too much exactly. money. Exactly. He had of, a vision. Yeah. And a dream, and he allowed it to. He allowed that vision to propel him to his dream, and it made him money. Yeah. They would be totally happy that if he had a vision of something that didn't make him money, that'd be great, because then he'd be just like the rest of them. He'd be eating, sleeping, and reproducing. I got found one clip. There's an Elon clip that was, you know, when you think about it, Elon, who now after. Uh, Wednesday's uh, Tesla spike, he passed Bezos again as the richest man in uh, the world, mm -hmm. uh, uh, technically, I guess. You realize that we have taken just a like. couple of hours of some really good discussion Mm -hmm. and just blown it away. <laughs> I recorded. You should have been. I, I've been recording a lot of it, but I haven't really put it. I haven't made it. We, we can make a intro and now we've just been babbling a lot of it, but yeah, I, I mean, I've been recording yeah, a half but, hour now. But the thing but, about it is, but the thing about it is, is some of the babbling that we've been doing has been some really deep sounding yeah. crap that would sound great on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll put it all together. I'll put something together through it. So I remember when and he founded Amazon, Jeff Bezos founded Amazon in 94. Yeah. But you remember in the beginning, they were nothing but books. Because I remember when he first started that and you could, you know, go on Amazon. And I was like, who buys books anymore? <laughs> because mm -hmm. that's all they sold was books. And then now you, you don't even think of Amazon as books anymore. I mean, I guess some yeah, people think, our age kind of maybe do a little, but. Well, I mean, whenever I do a search for a book, one of the first places that come up is Amazon. Yeah. Amazon still sells a ton of hard or of physical books. Mm hmm. And most of them are th third party sellers. Mm hmm. I know a guy that sells a ton of books on, uh, on, uh, Amazon. I know a guy, he went out, he was a junker that used to come in down at my store. That's kind of what this and, guy does. He buy, he goes to the used bookstore and buys them. And you think I have a whole bunch of just useless knowledge rolling around in my brain? This guy makes me look like a mm -hmm. freaking, like I'm a Forrest Gump. Because he just, he brought me a book. It was a coffee table book. He brings me his coffee table book into the store. He throws it up on the counter. He's like, check out what I found. And I look at it, and I, I can't even remember what the title is right now. But I looked at it, and I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, just kind of blew it off. He's like, you know, I can take that book and put it online and get like three or $400 for it. I'm like, you're kidding me. 
He's like, nope. Yeah, some used books he's, to go high. He's he's like in the condition it's in right there, which it was in great condition. It looked like it was almost brand new. He goes in the condition it's in right now, and that subject matter with that author, he goes, that's three four hundred dollars easy. Yep. I'm like, how do you know that? You know how do how do you how do you know that? And I mean, and he had that kind of knowledge not just with books or coffee table books, but he had that kind of knowledge with a crap ton of just what I would consider to be like junk. Yeah. Like say, I know comic books pretty decent. You know, I know, you know, I'm not saying I'm super smart or super great with comic books, but I know a little bit about comics because I was interested in them at one time and you know, toys, right. You know, and Steve knows baseball cards, but he would like all those things. He would have all that knowledge. Well, if and if we if we both did that eight or ten hours a day every day, we would know all that too. No, I guess maybe, but I just found it fascinating that he has all this just random rolling around in the head knowledge about just you know he's like oh I, that book and I can and he brought in some other just little knickknacks and things like that and he's like you see that right there. And I'm like, yeah. He'd be like, well, that was made by such and such and at such and such. And that piece right there is worth, you know, a couple hundred bucks. And I'm like, how do you know that? He's like, well, you look here on the bottom, you see this mark? And I'm like, see, and that's where it just, that's where it just blows my mind and it just totally breaks down for me. It's just like, well, there's this little mint mark underneath <laughs> here that uh, tells you that this is a, you know, and I'm like, okay. There's no possible way that we can get every American that's still in Afghanistan out in the next seven days. We are just three weeks away from the 20th anniversary of 9-11. Here's that Trump commercial he'd made for Biden. To me, this is a good political ad. If he's wanting to, Mm. if he's thinking of running again. America is back. Highest inflation rate in the U.S. The southern border is collapsing. The of COVID infections. We amplify our power. We summon the new strength. This is a recruitment Should ad. Should we be embarrassed? Diplomacy is back. Now the Taliban are back. Kabul is not in an imminent threat environment. The likelihood there's going to be the Taliban overrunning everything and owning the whole country is highly unlikely. They own the whole country now, the Taliban. The Taliban are now in complete control of Afghanistan. Complete chaos. How did President Biden get this so wrong? Well, first of all, the mission hasn't failed yet. If this isn't failure, what does failure look like exactly? Biden, you destroyed not Afghanistan, but the world! I don't care if you think I'm Satan reincarnate. Do I bear responsibility? Zero responsibility. China is ready for friendly relations with the Taliban. You're just chanting death to America. And you call yourself a president? Well, I'm going to get off here, man. I'll talk to you later. All right. Talk to you later. All right. See you, Dave. Have a good night. You too. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others. Post about it on social media or leave a rating and a review. To catch all the latest from us, you can go to sociallysensitive.com and follow us on Instagram at sociallysensitive and on Twitter at sociallysense. Thanks again, and see you next time. They know my pain, they never feel my pain.
somebody pray for me The homies in the sky gon' have to wait for me I can smell your lies, watch what you say to me Cause I done seen a lot of shit that I could never talk about